Novell Open Audio brings you BrainShare from the Tech Lab. Hi, this is Aaron Quill, and I'm over at the Mono booth at BrainShare 2006 talking to Paco Martinez. Paco, hi. Hi, Aaron. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> Good. How are you, Paco? Excellent. Yeah. Now, I, I was actually quite excited when I walked up to the Mono Project, and I saw you working here, and you turned around, and I looked at your badge, and you're not a Novell employee. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, actually, I, at any minute now, they'll probably run me out of the place or something. But you know, but really, what's going on is that uh, I, um, I, I guess I am a, a Mono contributor. I'm, I'm one of the uh, of the 230 plus uh, community members that actually contribute actively to uh, to the Mono project. Uh, specifically, I, I work mostly with all things, you know, Win32 and Mono and so forth, you know. And uh, and this year, you know, was is my second brain share, and uh, and just like the first one, you know, I came here to to you know support the project and uh, and to even learn more about you know what all Mono is all about in you know in uh, how Novell is approaching Mono and and how is it being integrated in the in the different OSs that Novell is offering. Oh, that's great. So so you were really out there in in the wild, taking a look around. You found out about Mono. You got excited about it, and you yourself just got involved with the project, right? Absolutely. I mean, just real quick, the uh, about uh, two years ago, you know, there was a. Uh, uh, something called the Mono uh, Summit, you know, Developers uh, Summit that took place in Cambridge. And uh, I have been following the project for some time and uh, ever since like 2002 to 2003, but really have not gotten all that active. Uh, it was great that the, the, the leadership of the project, Miguel de Casa, Eric Dask at the time and so forth, you know, opened it up to the general public and uh, myself and about another, you know, 20-some other folks, you know, uh, showed up over there, contributors and other just enthusiasts there. And ever since, I mean, it was a meeting that changed my life and really got me very interested into not just uh, what Mono is and, and, uh, and the different things that coming from a .NET background and development background, I already was quite familiar with what some of the objectives were. But it was I was dumbfounded by so many other additional uh, specialties and uh, and goodies that Mono has has actually enhanced you know .NET framework because effectively you could take some of those uh, things from Mono and actually even uh, commingle them with .NET framework so it's it's really good stuff. Actually, let's step back for a minute. Okay. What exactly is Mono? Well, great. Uh, Mono Mono is a it's an open source implementation of the .NET framework. Uh, Microsoft uh, some time ago. Oh, and, and uh, uh, of course, the best place to learn about all things Mono would be mono-project.com, the website, and, and you will get the you know the most accurate information and up-to-date information on all things Mono. But the, the thing about it, you know, uh, just just real quick here, it's an it's an open source implementation of the .NET framework that Microsoft um, went over and I believe uh, handed over the standard uh, uh, the specs for both the C sharp language and the CLI uh, and the CLR, the Common Language Runtime, and so forth. You know, uh, and at that point, the uh, the the Miguel de Casa and other folks in the community uh, decided to then, uh, from the ground up, begin an initiative. You know, that will reproduce then, you know, Mono in a clean room implementation, where you know, from the ground up, they have uh, uh, they tried to, we tried to strive for 100% compatibility with you know the .NET framework, and again then add that much more value with other uh, libraries and functionality, you know, again, using the, the managed code and the garbage collected uh, style of software development and, and, and later on the runtime. 
So, so the basic idea is I could take an application that I may have already developed or I'm in the process of developing in .NET. I can take it and I can just set it on top of the system that's running Mono. And Absolutely. Run. Uh, it's, uh, it's really interesting. I mean, it, and it becomes almost hard to believe that you could almost say .NET Framework equals Mono, Mono equals .NET Framework. And certainly, and, and again, you got to keep in mind, I'm, I'm an external contributor. I'm not a Novell employee or anything like that. But, the, uh, but, but you know, I get very enthusiastic about this whole thing and fired up about it because for me and for a lot of my mates over in the enterprise world, you know, in software development that are using Visual Studio, that framework, et cetera, uh, you know, it, it, it was fantastic to see. See, Microsoft actually did a great job to, to design a specification and deliver a framework, you know, that certainly lend itself, you know, to multi-platform and so forth, but they, they stopped short of that. They didn't really go out there and then uh, made uh, .NET uh, framework runtimes, say, for the Mac or for Linux or for FreeBSD, SDI, or whatever the case might be, you know. And so enter the Mono project, you know, all of a sudden here I am, effectively, as you described, I can just go out there, pretty much build any one executable or, or loadable module, library module, you know what I mean, from using Visual Studio 2003, for example, and just simply take that binary that resulted from that and just go out there and run it in a Mac or go run it into, uh, into Linux, you name it, all the, plat the, the supported platforms. And uh, unfortunately, this won't be visual, but I'm wearing my <laughs> mono shirt, and you can see all the supported platforms that, that are you know, both operating systems and CPUs. And, and it's just getting better and better and better. Can you hit a couple highlights for us of those different operating systems that you support? I mean, I, I heard you say Linux, Mac OS, big fan of Mac OS, BSD. Exactly, and and that's interesting. Obviously, Novell, it's uh, and the the the, the Novell Mono developers are on the payroll. They have an obligation to obviously the the Novell operating systems. You know, uh, so so certainly when it comes down to SUSE and uh, let it be the server level, let it be the desktop uh, level. You know, that certainly is the focus. You know. But then, you know, certainly you have all the folks from uh, from from Gentoo. Uh, you have the folks from uh, Ubuntu that that almost as quickly are taking whatever we put out. You know, from from sometimes the trunk at, at the latest revisions in the source code repositories, and they're they're integrating that into the latest and greatest revisions of their their versions of Linux. But then you also have a number of other community members. You know, that are also pursuing doing. Uh, FreeBSD, Solaris, you know, and I understand that there's even been efforts on Solari, on the, Solaris on x86, you know, Open Solaris, etc. So, and as we have mentioned, open, um, OS X, you know, Mac, Mac OS 10, and uh, and Windows, you know, what I mean, so that's another thing too, you know, you you a lot of people, you know, sometimes wonder, huh, but wait a second, don't we have the .NET framework in Windows? We do, but we also have Mono in Windows, you know, so Windows 2000, Windows XP, Windows 2003 server, et cetera, you know, yeah, you could also be running Mono and all, and, and all the things that it brings to the table. In and, those. and this isn't just desktops. I see you've got this cool little Nokia device. Very good, yeah, what, indeed, what is this indeed. Thing? Yeah, this is the, the, what I'm holding right here is the Nokia 770. It's, uh, I believe that Nokia marketed as an internet tablet, you know, and it's, a, it's an embedded device that is running Linux. I believe it's doing kernel... 2.6, so, so it really is not all that special. It's not Symbian OS or something like that, you know. So it certainly is Linux. And the advantage of it is that they have actually put together the, the hottest package, and, and in my view, you know, in terms that uh, that it uh, it gives you, it's built on using GTK as the, the graphical toolkit for it, you know. So one of the things is Paolo Molaro, uh, one of the, the brightest contributors that we have in the, in the Mono community, and, and it's also a Novell employee based in Italy, 
uh, actually put together a mono runtime, you know, so that it could actually go into Nokia 770. I later was involved, you know, very uh, discreetly there, trying to help out to create a Debian package so that beyond just going out there and having a tarball, really have something that users can just go out there and using the interface of the 770 and simply add, remove software, that sort of thing, you know, be able to add then mono, and later also create like a little tutorial, because see, it turns out to be, Aaron, that you can now go out there, in fact, that's the demonstration that I have done before. I take one of the existing examples that we have on the, on the mono for Windows, you know, and we have a, a, a text editor similar to like GetIt, uh, GEdit, and that sort of thing, you know, and you can simply just go out there, compile it under Windows, whatever the case is, drag that executable, Put it on a Nokia 770 that already has the runtime, you know, it'll run right off the box. So a very simple app that I've written on my desktop in Windows, I can drag and drop over to my handheld and run the same app. Absolutely. And let me tell That's you something. Cool. I mean, I, it, no, it's it's so cool because, you know, it's 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 ironic. I mean, uh, I have done, I've been a developer for, you know, over some, uh, let's say at least 15 years, you know, to, to, to go and give you a, a X number there. Uh, but I've done everything. I've done Pocket PC. I've done Palm OS. I've done all these things. And uh, sure, I have had devices that I, you know, that I, that I could, you know, chuck up on a corner, you know. But this is the first device that I, as I was telling somebody yesterday, I may leave my keys, but guess what? I have my 770 with me. And the thing about it is that it's it's very useful. So if you were just to to fathom, you know, how easy it is now to actually develop for this platform without having little to almost no knowledge about the platform. I mean, this is some of the things that Mono is bringing to the table, and it's just fantastic. Okay, so so let's say I am a .NET developer today. Excellent. What do I need to do to actually build an application? Do I use your ID? Do I use Visual Studio? What do I do? Excellent. That's a very good question. Uh, it's it's very interesting because when when we talk about people interested in in working with Mono, it, it's usually as as we said, you could say interchangeably, are people interested in using .NET. So what's ironic about this is that you have a very big following of the Mono project, you know, or even people who are standby in the sideline looking at it with a lot of interest that actually may be. Windows users that are familiar with saying Visual Studio, you know. And so what's great about it is that they can actually go out there and create .NET applications that we said, and guess what, they're Mono developers. These applications are already available to them. Now what we have done is because we do have Mono that runs into that platform and into Windows itself, you know, we have also tried to couple it as much as possible or make sure that it's at home in Windows. So we have created a number of different tools to enhance the, uh, the developer experience, you know, for a person that certainly has in mind uh, to also target other platforms, you know, I mean, and, and by that, let me explain further, because certainly, for example, on a GUI-based application, a graphical user interface application, they would go out there and do something like WinForms for those Microsoft uh, developers, uh, which is the, uh, the graphical library and toolkit that helps you create these applications that Microsoft introduced along with .NET. We have parity with that, and you could you could just create your application using the typical WinForms uh, packages, and they will run in Linux. However, you see, Mono had introduced already GTK Sharp, which is a managed bind, uh, bindings to the GTK, the the GIMP toolkit. You know, so then you have applications that look native while in Linux, right? But guess what? We have managed then to create uh, Mono installers for Windows that actually include all of the GTK, GTK Sharp, and now GNOME Sharp. You know, so GNOME and GNOME Sharp, thanks to the efforts that you know Novell has right now to uh, to bring evolution into Win32 as well. 
uh, this has also then, you know, fueled uh, or, or opened a number of opportunities so that we can then bring some of those technologies that we're missing, you know, and then we can go out there and have them. It's ironic because uh, some time ago we used to say in the Mono Project that we intend to recycle or it would be a great side effect to recycle not only books, because when people ask us, well, what are the books about Mono? And early on, we would tell them, well, what are the books for .NET? Read those, and you know how to program in Mono. But we were also talking about, so who's a Mono developer? Is a .NET developer? Is a Mono developer? But you see, because I am involved with the Windows side of things, you know, the ironic thing is that I started receiving mail and correspondence from people who had never used Windows, you know, were from Linux, and now they have been creating applications in Mono, and they now want to go out there and say, hey, what will it take for them to run in Windows? You know, That's so, cool. so it, yeah, and that was a complete the unforeseen, uh, you know, side effect, if you will, you know, that 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 started happening overnight. So, so we have created for those people, you know, add-ins so that while they're in Visual Studio, if they elect to use that, we have add-ins that are native in Visual Studio, you know, and then would uh, better integrate with the Mono experience that allow you to test the application, to generate make files, so that when you're in other applications that you know that are now uh, divorced from Visual Studio itself or in other platforms, other operating systems, you can still build your project, you know, using then the 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 Microsoft, I'm sorry, the Mono C Sharp compiler and and all the other tools that are available to us but then as we started saying if you were in the uh, in, in a Linux background and you want to always go to the command line you know and a lot of people are very comfortable with that when they come with that that sort of background you know we have a, a number of utilities that can help you debug that can help you compile that can help you uh, uh, disassemble so that you can see also the IL, the intermediate language that is produced during the compilation process of your assembly. So all these tools are available. Now we have full parity. So usually, no matter what platform, let it be Mac OS X, let it be Windows, let it be, those tools are available to you. But then when we talk about IDEs, as we were saying earlier, you're not going to have a, a Visual Studio in Linux, you know. But we do have our own IDE, which is MonoDevelop. And MonoDevelop is a very capable IDE. Now, in fact, uh, very, very recently, uh, we managed to actually even now have a GUI designer that is based on Static and, and very similar to those folks that might be familiar with Glade, to be able to actually go out there and generate this form through kind of like a paint program by dragging objects into a graphical form, right? And it turns out to be that this is creating an XML file, an XML document that describes that UI. And later you can then hook up, you know, the signals and event handlers to it, you know, and so guess what? MonoDevelop now has the capability through Static, a project that originally Dan Winship, I believe, was a, a Novell employee, started doing on his own, you know, and contributed. And now it has been integrated, so now it's a natural part of uh, MonoDevelop in our IDE. Now we have a whole uh, widget tree, uh, uh, property viewer, etc. Very rich experience. We've been demonstrating that here at Brainshare. So I, we encourage everybody to come over and look at this because this is totally hot off the press. So, and we're, we're showing that uh, Wade, uh, Wade Barrier, who actually does all of the packaging for all the different platforms. It's very exciting because he's not, he doesn't have that much of a development background and he's been able to very easily without any explanations go out there and intuitively enough be able to just generate an application using this and even hook up some events to it and, and get it to work right away. And obviously we then take that application and we can then run it into Windows. We can then go run it in, the, in, in, in other platforms, you know. So it's, it's pretty interesting to see that. So kind of bottom line, the cool effect that I get is if I'm a Windows developer and I'm very, very familiar with Visual Studio, I can continue to develop in Visual Studio. It's just now all of a sudden my applications are totally cross-platform and they look native on the actual platform that I'm running them on. So they look kind of like a Linux application when they're running under Nautilus. 
or whatever. And they absolutely, and that's and that's a very important note. You know, you don't, you know, a lot of people think, oh well, I got to learn this new thing, or I got to, or that's great, you can run this other thing. But if I wanted to develop, I got to uh, use this other set of tools. Not at all. I mean, you can certainly go out there and use the tools that you're already comfortable with. And not only that, I even encourage, you know, people that may be visiting the window side of the house or something like that, if they want to use Visual Studio, it at the moment it has very good, you know, debugging capabilities and so forth. So you're encouraged to use those as well because they might even help you solve a problem in another platform. But obviously the crown jewel would be the day that we can actually port MonoDevelop and have that available in, in uh, Windows as well because, again, that would be a, a great fortuitous event in terms that this would be free in all the senses as, as we in open source know. You know, as opposed to Visual Studio, which again a great tool, you know, but has some costs involved with it and so forth. You know, and so. Well, that's great. Uh, thanks a lot. I just have one final question for you, and that's uh, what has people's reaction been to you this week as they've been coming up and taking a look at this? Well, it's been, you know. It's been uh, a reaction of amazement on both sides, you know, because of course, you know, I'm very familiar with the project, but I've been, first of all, surprised by even school teachers that have come out of nowhere, folks that look even somewhat older and so forth, and you would have never pictured them. You might think that they, they're in the wrong place, you know, but they're actually asking me and saying, hey, I installed NLD9 on, the, on my classroom, and I want to teach my students, and I'm looking for this mono thing, you know, and that's a fantastic thing that they, not only are they already aware of this, and these are not professional developers from the enterprise, you know, but they're looking at ways of trying to make mono, you know, available to the masses and to teach their students and use it in their labs. So that's one kind of student, one kind of user that has come over. And certainly, we, we go and to them, we show them what, what's out here, and they they're blown away by it. I mean, immediately they 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 are asking for emails, they're asking for URLs because they certainly want to get their their feet wet with that. Uh, but then again, it's also interesting to see. The other side of the spectrum, uh, professional developers, you know, that come from the enterprise that have, you know, commercially available products, some mission critical products, you know, some of them from Novell, some of them completely uh, detached from Novell in the sense that, you know, they, they might be interested in Novell, but they already have .NET applications, and they're trying to see, well, will this mono thing be able to be an answer? Because you see, often you might end up with a customer that turns out to be that. Uh, that it loves the whole idea of your application and everything, but he doesn't really want to run it in IIS or in Windows. You know, he wants to host it in Solaris or wants to be able to have an Oracle backend running, you know, on HPUX, you know. And so at that point, enter Mono, you know, how all of a sudden you open a whole set of opportunities and availability to, to those folks, you know, that are trying to broaden the market uh, for their application. Great. Well, hey, thanks a lot for taking time with me, Paco. Thank you, Aaron. Nice to meet you. Take care. Thanks. Thank you.